Okay, hello friends and welcome to a member's Chabura Shiur. Tonight we have the privilege of having with us a true Talmir Chachamim and someone I am fortunate to call a friend, Rabbi Jack Cohen. Rabbi Jack is rabbi at the Hampstead Synagogue, a very deep thinker and someone I'm always excited to hear from. Uh, tonight we will explore the topic of teaching Torah to non-Jews and particularly the approach of Harambam on the issue. And um, as many of you have heard many a times, this year's curriculum is slowly coming to an end, so make sure to renew your membership and take full advantage of the exciting new program, which will launch early September. Now, with that said, the show will be recorded and available after on our website. If you have any questions, please raise your hand and please God, there will also be time for questions at the end. Um, thank you so much everyone for coming and uh, thank you so much for being with us. And the floor is yours. Okay, thank you very much. I'll start, get straight in there by sharing the screen. So before we start, there's, a, um, there's an app, there's a Rumbum app um, that has audio recordings of Rav Sabato going through the Rumbum and he starts every shear he gives and every mini shear he gives uh, with the Pasuk at the top of the page. And I don't know if that's common practice, but I really like it. Um, so I think we'll start the same way too. So Shalom Rav, I decided in this year to actually about an hour ago to reverse the whole year and rather than starting with the Gemara to start straight away with the Rambam and then move to the Gemara. And I think there's several advantages for doing it this way. But the main one is that when you start with the Rambam, you get to see how the Rambam learnt the Gemara, as opposed to trying to piece it together backwards. Um, it kind of allows you to have that training um, as if the Rambam were sitting down with you almost and saying, look, this is, this is what I took from the Gemara, this is how I learnt it, this is what I prioritised. So we are talking about non-Jews uh, learning Torah, and we'll start with the Rambam on non-Jews learning Torah, and we'll analyze it a little bit and then take it from there. So we start from the beginning. This is the Safari version, and um, you know this, it's not 100% correct. The Rambam doesn't write this uh, this phrase over here. It says, he doesn't have akum. Sha'asak b'Torah. He says goy sha'asak b'Torah chayav mita. So a non-Jew who uh, delves in or immerses himself or herself in Torah is liable for the death penalty. Um, we'll let that sink in for a second. That's pretty serious. Uh, what should they do? They should only learn the seven mitzvot that are those, the seven Noachide laws. We'll get to them in a, in a little bit. And so too, the same principle, um, firstly, is sitting down and immersing oneself in Torah, learning Torah, but it's also if they keep a Shabbat, even if it's not our Shabbat, any day of the week, they, uh, they do Shabbat. So Shabbat and learning Torah. And once we got Shabbat, we're going to um, say Moadim too. So that's the uh, those are the that's the kind of uh, basic um, rules. Then he gives the general principle. This is the general principle. This is what I'm trying to say. 
אין מניחים אותן לחדש דעת ולעשות מצוות לעצמן מדעתן. We don't leave them, we don't leave the, we don't allow them, we don't give them the space or the room, i.e. non-Jews, to invent a religion uh, and to do mitzvot that they kind of, uh, you know, assume that um, they, they're going to assume an interpretation and a definition and they're going to just do the mitzvah that way. Ella, rather, either they become a gerthedek, they take on all mitzvot and they enter the covenant, or they take on all 613 mitzvot, or they um, stick with their Torah, the seven Noachide laws, don't add and don't take away. If they did, however, do either of these two things, we, uh, we give them lashes uh, and punish them. And while we're doing that, or maybe before or after, at some point someone comes in and lets them know, oh, by the way, you, you're, you're liable for the death penalty. But we don't put them to death. So, That is, the, that is the total Rambam on the topic, and it's also an, an extra important Rambam because there's no Shulchan Aruch uh, that addresses this topic, as far as I'm aware. So just to analyze a little bit this Rambam, to, to bring out some points before we head over to, to the next stage. The first thing is this mitzvah um, seems to be talking, at least initially you would think, you know, this is for a non-Jew to open up and let themselves know what their obligations are, what their obligations aren't. But it's actually clear from the Rambam that this is very much addressed to us, uh, Am Yisrael, because you already see it in, inside the text. He says, We don't let them do this, meaning this is our obligation uh, as a people to not allow this to happen. And we punish them if they do do this. So this is very much commanded on Am Yisrael. I'd go even further to say it's commanded on, on Am Yisrael, but Eretz Yisrael. This is part of the general, um, this is part of the general laws of how to run the country of Israel when you're in it and you're in charge. And we're going to see that explicitly in the Rambam later on today. But it should already be obvious because he's bringing this law in Hilchot Melachim Umochamot, which is right at the end of the Mishnah Torah. And that section deals with many things to do with what happens once you get into the land and how you set that up. So I'll show you the opening, uh, and you see as it goes on, you know, we set up these courts all over. This implies that this is our mitzvah when we're in the land. So um, this is how Melachim Milchamot starts. Shalosh mitzvot mitzvot Yisrael b'shak nisatan la'aretz. That's how the whole thing starts. So number one, this is for us to make sure that they don't do this. Number two, Despite saying, and we've got to work out why he uses that lashon, despite saying chayav mita, they're obligated in the death penalty, it's very clear they're not obligated in the death penalty. Uh, we see that, A, because they're not obligated in the death penalty, meaning the punishment is makin oto von shinoto. Now, the lashon of makin is, is actually, it's not even uh, biblical lashes, it would imply rabbinic lashes, dis disciplinary lashes. Yes, he keeps the chay of mitah only in the extent that you tell them, oh, by the way, your chay of mitah. 
He really emphasizes we definitely don't put them to death. And um, that's, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the first thing that I think it's just um, really worth observing that despite uh, using that Lashon, he backs away from it. And that's the modification that starts from the phrase meaning he writes out some sentences which we're gonna see are a direct quote from the Torah. And then using the phrase he gives um, he gives the principle and modifies it, making it clear what what we're dealing with. Um, so uh, the other reason I should just say that we know that uh, that they're not chay of mita is that when he brings all of the all of the cases, the seven mitzvot b'nei or the six mitzvot b'nei Noach, which Noahide would be put to death for, this isn't in there. It's not even brought as a subcategory of any of them, despite the fact that we're going to see that the Gemara does bring it as a subcategory or attempts to bring it as a subcategory. So the first thing is non-Jews, we're not allowed, according to Rambam's presentation, we're not allowed to let non-Jews learn Torah on pain of punishment, but very much not on pain of death, although there's this Lashon of Chayav Mita all the way through. The other thing we're going to see when we finally come to the Gemara is that a lot of it is a quote, but some of it is not a quote at all. And in fact, this whole thing, the second half, is completely the Rambam. You don't find any of that Lashon, any of that language in the Gemara. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, now we're going to turn to the, uh, now we're going to turn to the Gemara and having seen the Rambam, try and work out how he gets to his position from the Gemara, because we know what his position is. Let's try and see how he got it. So we're learning Gemara through the eyes of the Rambam. This is, you know, this is our training exercise. So we're in Sanhedrin 58b. Actually, I've, I've put in a quote from a little bit before then, uh, just so we've got it all here. Okay. Amar Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish said, Oved kochavim sheshavat chayav mitah. A non-Jew that keeps Shabbat is higher than the death penalty. Shneemas, the Pasuk says, in Bereshit, So he quotes a verse in uh, in 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 Bereshit, and you can see you can see the verse over there. And then there's a side point there that we have a principle which we won't go into. We have a principle for uh, for non for for, for Bnei Noach that when we say they're liable to the death penalty, it's enough that they just have a uh, prohibition written in the Torah. They don't need to have anything more than that. You can go and see that flow of the Gemara over there. I'm gonna leave that to one side for now. Um, okay, but we have the, the, the halacha that the Rambam brought that a, a non-Jew cannot keep a Shabbat. Um, and now we carry. Number two, we've seen the second thing that the Rambam Paskand. So he's brought Reish Lakish's law and he's brought Rabbi Yochanan's law. Um, and now we've got the Drash. Now we've got the expert. How do we know that this is true? Rabbi Yochanan says, Torah Siva Lanu Moshe. Morasha, from the verse. And he says, Lanu Morasha Velolahem. It's our inheritance, it's our heritage, um, and it's not their heritage. Okay, so far, kind of so good. We've got the source for the two laws. Um, 
let's just uh, let's just continue, and we'll have to uh, we'll have to we'll have to come back to work out a few different bits and pieces. So, So now, again, without getting into the context of the flow of the Gemara over here, what the Gemara is saying is, well, if they're liable for the death penalty, then we know that the non-Jews are only liable for the death penalty when it comes to the things that they're prohibited in, the Sheva Mitzvot Benenach, or the sixth Mitzvot and the seventh one to set up uh, courts, whatever. Um, so where does it fall in, in there? As I said before, you know, we, uh, the Ramban doesn't bring it as something that they're liable for death. Uh, the the Bnei Noach, the non-Jews are liable for the death penalty as he categorizes their laws. The Gemara asks if they're really, you know, obligated uh, in the death penalty, it should be part of this, the already pre-existing prohibitions that we know um, are a problem. So then we answer, where, where do we find it? Man da'ama the one who reads the verse, like the verse Rabbi Yochanan just quoted, as it means heritage, or inheritance, that the Torah is our inheritance. Migzal uh, kagazela. So it's a, uh, if, if it's inheritance, then they've stolen it from us by learning from the Torah, they've stolen it from us, and theft is one of the uh, prohibitions of the non-Jews. That's where they're, that's where, uh, that's how we're going to categorize it. Ma'urasa, the one who doesn't say it's not Morasha, it's not uh, inheritance, it's Morasha, he's uh, married to whatever. Um, sorry, betrothed, right? The uh, Beskila, um, yeah, the uh, Beskila, it's Dinokonara uh, Hamorasa. The Beskila should be the same as any case with a with a woman who's betrothed she and and someone uh, you know uh, someone uh, has uh, relationships with her should be put to death um okay so we now have just to recap the gemara we've got it's prohibited for them to learn torah and rabbi yochanan brought a verse that said that it's um it's our he brought a verse with a drush it's our inheritance not their inheritance and then we're saying, well, if it's really something that they're obligated in the death penalty for, where do we find it in the seven mitzvah of Ach? Either it's part of theft or it's part of adultery. Meitivei. However, we got a challenge. Says Rabbi Meir, we got we got Rabbi Meir on record saying that a non-Jew who learns Torah is like a Kohen Gadol. Seems like a pretty good thing. How do we know? He brings his whole uh, he brings a whole drush um, from a pastor. We're not going to go into his drush. And uh, from here we learn that a that a non-Jew who learns Torah is like a Kohen Gadol, and that's a good thing. So the Gemara's got a problem. Rabbi Yochanan said that Chayav Mita. Rabbi Meir said that it's a really good thing. So what's the answer of the Gemara? It says, Hatam Mitzvah With regards to the uh, to the seven Noahide laws, they can learn them. That's what Rabbi Meir is talking about, says the Gemara. But regarding to all the other laws, they can't. So now we've got another thing from the Rambam. The Rambam took from our Gemara, because if we go back to our Rambam, the Rambam said, uh, what did he say? Okay, 
Um, so so the, the idea is that they do have a Torah that they can learn. That's the seven mitzvot for Nenach. Um, and uh, I think there's more, but I can't remember exactly what it is. Now, okay, fine. Let's go back to our Rambam, see what we need to, see what we need to work out. First thing we need to work out is if we're saying the Rambam doesn't take Chai of Mita seriously, so non-Jew learns Torah. So, okay, just to recap one more time. He's taken, it's prohibited to keep Shabbat, it's prohibited to learn Torah. There's not a problem for them to learn their own, uh, their own laws. But the Rambam seems to not take the Chai of Mita thing very seriously. Why is the Rambam not taking the Chai of Mita thing very seriously? Why, when they do this, despite the fact that the Gemara, Rabbi Yochum and Rish Lachish, both said that they're Chai of Mita, and the Rambam copies their language into his Halacha, why does he not take it so seriously? So I'm going to deal with that question first. And in so doing, we're going to deal with the second question, if we remember, which is, where does the Rambam get this whole thing? What's the general principle, says the Rambam? Don't let them invent a religion. Where's the Rambam getting that from? So two things. Why do we know that uh, they're not chai of mita? Well, how do we know that? The, why does the Rambam think that the Gemara is not being serious? And number two, how do we know what the general principle, what's the problem here of them doing these things? How do, where does the Rambam get all of this from? So let's go and see. Let's go back into our Gemara. The first thing to note is the first giveaway, I think, that it's not a serious death penalty is that neither of the verses quoted by Reish Lakish or Rabbi Yochanan are verses that have anything to do with putting anyone to death at any point in time. Reish Lakish is plucking a verse out of Bereshit, definitely using it out of its plain sense and using it as a drash. That's not our focus for today because we are really dealing with uh, non-Jews and Torah specifically. Let's look at Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan's taking a famous verse from Tevarim, Torah Tzivalanim Moshe Morashat Yilat Yaakov. Nothing to do with putting anyone to death. It's not like uh, we've got plenty of verses in the Torah which talk about putting people to death. And he's using it to make a point. He's using it to say that it's our Torah, it's our inheritance, it's not their inheritance. Nothing to do with the death penalty, which makes one think automatically we're dealing with some kind of uh, drush, some kind of um, exaggerated point, and some kind of poetic reading of, of, the, uh, of the Torah to make a point. Not only that, but this interpretation, this drush on Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe, Lanu Moshe, etc., etc., is actually on record in other places. The exact same drush is used to make a new, a slightly different point, but fundamentally the same point. And no discussion is there ever anywhere of being chay of mita. How do we know this? The Sifri in Tvarim says, Tarasti v'alanu Moshe, Tzivoyzeh eino ela lanu, eino ela bishvileinu. The, uh, the Torah uh, was commanded to us, meaning for our benefit, for, 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 to help us. To, to for our own sake, this idea of, of reading the verse that way to make points about the Torah belonging to us, being for us, is part of the uh, rabbinic corpus of, of, uh, of Drashot. That's the first, that's the first, um, that's the first giveaway. The second point is, I mean, we could go back a step and say, um, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing someone should be put to death for, just a, a logical starter. And so if we're not looking at kind of the verses to, um, 
to establish that this is really a Chiyav Mitah, the verses are coming to do something else. And they're coming to bring an education to the reader of the Gemara. Of course, the person reading the Gemara is not a non-Jew, it's a Jew. And so we're learning elements of what, what our relationship with Torah is, and perhaps we're going to learn elements of why it's therefore a problem for a non-Jew to learn Torah. And as I said, this drush, this idea of it's ours, there's something about we have a unique relationship with it, it's for our benefit, it's for our sake, it's all these kind of ideas, that's really uh, potentially the drush of Rabbi Yochanan. Now, okay, by itself, that might not be, um, that might not be sufficient. But even the Gemara is not taking Rabbi Yochanan seriously. How do we know? Because the Gemara is saying, look, if it's the death penalty, it should be part of the seven mitzvah b'nei noach. Now, that sounds like it's taking Rabbi Yochanan seriously. But if you look at the answers that the Gemara gives, when the Gemara tries to categorize which of the seven mitzvah b'nei noach it falls under, these are clearly not halachic, uh, halachic interpretations of the Pasuk. These are drashot to make uh, a value point. And we know because we've got basically the same drashot on file elsewhere, they're not, they're not, um, they're not, uh, they're agadic, they're not, uh, they're not halachic. We've even got these, these drashot elsewhere in a format which the Rambam tells us himself explicitly, these are poetic points, these are not serious halachic derivations. So the first one is, how, do, what's the, what's the dead, uh, what's, what's, okay. Manda one who says it's inheritance, they've stolen it from us. Okay, already logically, there can't be a theft if no one's lost anything. If the non-Jews are learning Torah, we haven't lost the Torah. Um, but that's a point you can perhaps ruminate on. That's that's the less strong point. Here's where it gets stronger. Manda the one who understands the verse as Mu'urasa. Well, that's already an, an agadic uh, drush on the verse. The verse doesn't ever say anything about betrothed woman. That is a, that is a drush. And we've got this drush elsewhere. Let's go and see this elsewhere. Sachim. Tana Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia says, by the way, Rabbi Chia, Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan. So maybe you can hypothesize that these kind of thoughts were all around these Midrashim. They're all floating around the Beit Midrashim Tiberia. That's a guess. I haven't got any proof of that. Anyone who learns Torah in front of someone who, of the Jewish people who can't learn Torah, it's as if they are having relations with the betrothed, uh, with the betrothed uh, future wife in front of that person. Don't read it as an inheritance, read it as a betrothed uh, woman. Again, I'm not going into that. The, the focus of this shir is not that specific uh, drush. Um, you can think about why that would be true. It's a pretty extreme thing to say. It's making a point about the relationship between Am Yisrael and their Torah and the fact that this person has no access to Torah. It's, it, it's a whole thing. But this idea of reading Morasha as Morasha is um, part of the, uh, as I said, part of the rabbinic midrashic corpus. And this Altikri Ella. The Rambam specifically says in Mora Nevochim, any time, I've got it here, you can see it over here, I'm not going to read it uh, inside. Any time you see an Altikri Kach, Ela Kach, you know that this is a poetic point. It's uh, not uh, to be taken as a serious halachic uh, drush. So, back to our point over here. Um, this is not, when we're saying the one who reads it as Mora uh, this is not a, uh, a serious uh, thing. But 
Just because it's not serious doesn't mean we should ignore it. At the same time as uh, having all of these uh, drashot, they're not just there for fun. They're teaching us the principle of the problem of the non-Jew learning Torah. For Rabbi Yochanan, it's lanu. It's uh, actually it just reminds me of, uh, of Rabbi Sachs uh, Zetzal, um, you know, who, who to talk about uh, Am Yisrael and, and Yiddishkeit. I, I, I remember hearing him say this maybe in a talk somewhere, you know, but this is ours, you know, Zesh you know, um, this, is, uh, th this is for us and it's not for them. It's not something that is appropriate for them. They don't exist in Brit, in covenant with Hashem. And um, it's, uh, it's interesting because before I gave this talk, uh, Sina put it up. Uh, Sina, who's uh, one of the, uh, the, the organizers of the Chabura, founders of the Chabura, uh, he put it up, he put the advert up for the talk. And he got a message from someone and the message said, I, I don't know if I've got my phone on me. He got a message from someone who saw it in some, in some group. And the message said something along the lines of, you know, Torah is universal. Of course we can teach it. And now it's, you know, the only questions on Torah Shabbat pair. Now there are those that do make a chiluk in the literature and halachic literature between Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat pair. But Torah is not universal. The entire, the entire Tanakh, Sorry, he said Tanakh's universal. Tanakh from start to finish is a story about a specific people and their covenant with God and the development of that covenant. That's not to say there aren't universal messages, but it's very specific. It's about us in Brit. So it's Lanu and it's not theirs. And these drashot that we see, which are kind of set up as it were by the Gemara of where does it fit into the, to the mitzvot B'nai Noach, they go deeper. What is this relationship? It's something that if a non-Jew was to try and partake of it, they're, they're taking something which doesn't belong to them. It's not theirs, it's a theft. Or they're entering into a committed uh, relationship and they're violating a committed relationship. They're enter and that's the, the relationship between Am Yisrael and Hashem. So whatever way you wanna you know, put that all together, um, the, uh, the, um, the Rambam comes out with this idea that it is not theirs. And for the Rambam, the problem is specifically that um, because it's not theirs, if they start playing around with it, what we're gonna end up with is some bizarre hybrid fake made up religion. Either, and he says, either enter the covenant or you know, be, become a Gerrit Sedek to use his words, you know, take on all the mitzvot, or do what you're commanded in. But any kind of halfway house is not yours. It's nothing. You're entering this kind of space of wasting your life. Now, one can suggest that this is really uh, obscure. Uh, 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 not obscure, this is highly speculative. But if one wanted to make a mid midrash ourselves or, or drush ourselves on the point of this, you know, Chayav Mita could be, and I don't think that this is the literal thing, but it's a nice idea anyway, could be that if you are a non-Jew and you're not engaging in the Noahide covenant and, you, and you're not part of Yisrael to engage in, in the covenant of Am Yisrael, so then you're, you're, you're wasting your life, you're throwing your life into, into, um, into Hevel, into, into nothing, into, into something that you've made up. And, um, and that's your Mita, that's your death. Okay, speculative, perhaps a nice idea. I don't know, I'll throw it out there. So, um, so that I think is how we uh, kind of, how, how we pull the, uh, 
pull the whole thing uh, together. Um, let's see another one. Ama Rebbe Ami, says Rebbe Ami, who's also a student of uh, Rebbe Yochanan. So again, these ideas were percolate. He takes over, in fact, takes over the yeshiva in Tiberias after Rebbe Yochanan passes with uh, some other Roshay yeshiva. In a, um, there's five of them. Anyway, Ama Rebbe Asi, Ame. You shouldn't hand over, you shouldn't pass over. What, what it is to be Mosad Torah is not for now. But you shouldn't hand over the, the Torah to a non-Jushan. So this, uh, this, uh, now the Rambam doesn't pasken this halacha. It's clearly, you know, feels that it's part of the general principles that have been outlined already. Um, this Lashon doesn't show up anywhere. But again, this is the, uh, the, the we're seeing, you know, similar ideas. Um, and, and, you know, perhaps further, um, you know, emphasizes, if you look at the Pasuk that he's brought, that these are Mishpatim that are not for them, right? And that fits in with his whole interpretation. Remember the Klalo Davar, the general principle here, uh, that it's not for them. So don't take some of it and make up a religion. Okay, that's the Rambam. That's an attempt to understand how he uh, read the sources. And uh, we should be fairly clear now on, on what the halacha is, especially with, um, with, with non-Jews, which is that despite all the lashon, and this is a very important point, despite the lashon, the language that Rambam quotes in the beginning, they should not learn Torah. The real problem is not them learning Torah per se, it's letting them make up their own religion. And so as long as that's not going to be a problem, we, we don't have a problem. And it, it, is if, it is as if, in a way, the Rambam has, almost by saying Klaloshel Davar, really minimized the impact of his opening statements. Don't let them make up a religion. That's what you need to take from this halacha. Don't worry so much about if they are osek for Torah, it's, it's chayav mitam. And we're going to see the Rambam applies this in a very specific way himself. But uh, he's taken the Gemara, he's quoted the Gemara, he's come up with a klal, a general principle, and that is where we're going. If they do do it, it's not something that is, uh, that is uh, punishable by, by a biblical death penalty or anything like that. And it's only a problem in the context where they're doing it out of any context, outside of any context, they're making up a religion. Okay, before we continue, I'm going to pause here because I want to make sure that I've been clear. Um, and before we move to the next section, so I'm just going to check the questions. If anyone's got any questions, I can't actually see, but Ahad will see. Um, okay. For those who want to follow the source sheet, thanks. Does the Beit have authority of a non-Jew to execute him? If so, where does this authority come from? So, uh, yeah, there's the general principles of B'nai Nach, that the B'nai Nach were living under the, likely under, under the authority of any government. If, you're, if the B'nai Nach are living in Israel, um, we, there are courts appointed over them. And um, if they violate certain things, the courts uh, the courts can put them uh, can put them to death, um, at least according to to the halacha. Um, okay, the emphasis of the Rambam seems to be on mechadesh um, dat, creating new religion. That seems primary. Correct. And and um, sorry, Avi Garson. Uh, oh, I know you. Um, so the uh, that's that's what I'm trying to say is that despite the way uh, the the Gemara presents it. And despite taking the lashon of the Gemara and using this, they do this, actually the Rambam boils it down to the point where the only concern is and anything outside that is not a problem at all. 
If they're Mechadesh Dat, that's the Akum Sha'osek Batur. If they're not, then it's not. So he, he, he quotes the Gemara because that's what the Rambam does. But he but then he takes this phrase, he inserts this whole section from his own thinking based on the uh, Midrashot of the Gemara, based on the fact that he doesn't understand the Gemara as seriously uh, considering this to be a Chiyuv Mita. And, he, and he, he takes the lines of the Gemara and gives a whole brand new interpretation. There is only a problem of us allowing them to Mechadeshdat. Outside that, there's no problem. Which is, in a, in a way, we understand now why he's got to that point based on how he's read the Gemara. But it's quite radical. He's kind of basically yeah, neg- negated the, uh, the, the simple meaning of Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. And he's just boiled it down to a simple uh, halachic issue. And that's the halachic issue that, that finds application. Okay, one more thing in the chat. According to the opinion that it is our inheritance, if they take it, it is theft. Why are they liable for the death penalty? We don't normally give death penalty for death. Right, okay. So firstly, Robert, uh, excellent question. Secondly, um, just to clarify, the way I've understood it, the way the Rambam understands it, if they learn Torah and it's considered theft, that's a philosophical point. That's a value point. It's not actually uh, theft. It's not something the Rambam categorizes in the seven mitzvot b'neinach as actual theft. The Rambam uses this to learn the general principle. Why the death penalty in general for non-Jews for theft? Well, there is a death penalty in general for non-Jews for theft. That's one of the seven mitzvot b'neinach. Anytime the, the nach is prohibited and so anything nach is prohibited, they are liable for death penalty in Jewish law. I hope this recording doesn't go out uh, too far and wide, um, but that is the halacha. You can find it, uh, you know, explicitly written down in many places. Let's move on. Okay, part two. So, as I've said over and over again, the only problem is if we're allowing, we are not allowed when we have authority, we're not allowed to let let non-Jews make up a religion. If it's outside that context, it's fine. What's outside of that context? I'll give you one example. One example outside of that context is conversion. If an if a non-Jew wants to come into the fold, i.e., as the Rambam says, wants to uh, take on all the mitzvot, so then them learning Torah is not in a context of them making up their own religion. It's part of coming into the the religion, the Brit of uh, the Brit of um, of Klal Yisrael. And so we've got over here, Mufurash Halacha, based on, but an adaption of the Gemara, I think, in Yavamot. Um, the Rambam says, when someone wants to convert, part of that process is, um, we teach them about the oneness of God and about the prohibition of, idol, uh, of idolatry. So far, not so good, because these also apply, uh, you know, umarichim but we do give them a little taster of the mitzvot. So that's teaching them Torah, explicitly teaching them Torah. We don't go too much into it, but nonetheless, we teach them. Um, it was interesting. You know, we, I, I've spoken about this many times with uh, people that I know. Um, this line, for various reasons, is no longer part of uh, the conversion process. <laughs> conversion process is a minimally, you know, uh, a six-month process. Whereas if you look at the presentation, um, the original presentation, the Gemara and the Rambam, you know, you, you do the whole, uh, you know, are you interested? Um, don't you know that we're, you know, constantly afflicted? Um, you teach them a little bit and, 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 and all the rest of it. It's not a long process. Now it's a long process. 
uh, umodien oto uh, avon leket shechem peach umasa sheni. You teach them some mitzvot. Umodien oto onshon tel mitzvot. You teach them the punishments, etc., etc., etc. Okay, that's one context where it's clearly fine. Now, what's another context? So this is uh, just to open our minds up to, to, to what we're gonna see next, which gets really exciting. The Rambam writes in his Sefer Mitzvot that there's the third mitzvah. The third mitzvah is to, uh, to love God. And we've already explained there's part of the mitzvah of loving God is, uh, is actually reaching out to other people and telling people uh, to serve him and to believe in him. So um, it's just like when you like when you when you love a person, you walk around telling other people how great they are. Um, now, because of this, there are certain contexts where it might be appropriate to actually take people and try and get them into the fold. We say, you know, we're not a proselytizing religion, but there are some cases where it seems that we are a proselytizing religion as we've you know, seen here. Now it could be all that make them B'nai Noach or whatever, convince them to become B'nai Noach. That's true, but that's not the case though. The Rambam deals with a tshuva specifically on the topic of teaching Torah to non-Jews. And uh, this is gonna be the final thing we're going to see. We're gonna wrap up all the principles we've seen so far. We're gonna summarize what we've done. And then we're going to try and take a couple of points to learn from the way the Rambam approached this whole topic. Okay, Hashela. This is the question that the Rambam received. Ma'ama Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, the statement of Rabbi Yochanan, quote, Goisha Sakba Torah Mita. Well, a non-Jew who uh, learns Torah is, is liable for the death penalty. This is the question Rambam received. That statement, meaning, is, is the question the Rambam got is, is Rabbi Yochanan for real? That's the question the Rambam got. When Rabbi Yochanan says, you know, non-Jews and the death penalty um, for learning Torah, is that serious? Now, when I said at the beginning, um, the first thing we should say when we read the Halakha, when we read the Gemara is not, oh, the Midrashim don't seem to be uh, uh, literal. Um, it's that this this law seems a bit off, and actually that's the uh, assumption of the question. Why would you ask? You saw a Gemara. He said, "Why would you not take it seriously?" Because it's hard to take it seriously. So they asked the Rambam, "Is it a real halacha? Is not halacha? Is he just making some point in the in 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 the Gemara?" So the answer is the Rambam. Teshuvah. This is the answer, Rambam. He halacha belo safek. This is the halacha without a shadow of a doubt. At a time when Israel is in charge and you have the power, you should prevent them from learning Torah, but you shouldn't put them to death. I'm not sure how to put the, the, the punctuation. Okay, um, so 
So the Rambam proves his point, not from the, at least in explaining this, from the Lashon being used. Okay, uh, at least in his book, this is, uh, this is how he said it. It's, he said, but he doesn't write, they shall be put to death. Okay. Now, that's all well and good. Then it comes along something a little bit staggering, which only makes sense in light of the way we've explained the Rambam. It is, however, permissible to teach the, uh, the, the mitzvahs to not to Christians. Um, why? Oh, sorry. And to pull them and to draw them towards our religion. Well, that's what we just said. If the aim here is to educate them, to teach them with a view, not that they're going to take some of it and make up their own interpretations and have their own religious practice, but rather they're going to come to be part of Torah. So that's not Bichlal, that's not in any way part of the Issa of teaching them. The only Issa is if it's that they're going to be dealing with Torah in a way that they're going to make up their own religion. Okay, that's for Christians, but he makes a distinction. Now, this is not allowed when it comes to the Muslims. So they said, why can't you teach this to the, uh, to the Muslims? Because the Muslims, the, the Muslims think that our Torah is a mistake. They think that we kind of got some weird, bad version. And so when we teach it to them, this won't mean anything to them. They're not going to be convinced to join our religion. They'll just use this as some kind of proof that uh, they'll find all these mistakes and they'll use it as some proof that our Torah is a problem. Um, and they'll be able to, to come up with all sorts of answers. Uh, <coughs> and they'll actually use this as, um, as uh, ammunition to try and convert people to Islam by saying, you know, our religion's a joke. So there's a real danger teaching Torah to uh, non-Jews. It's a bit like those, uh, those Christians that try to, um, you know, proselytize using all those psukim from uh, uh, Isaiah and whatever. Um, that's the same kind of thing we're seeing here. Um, uh, this is going to be a real problem for the uh, for the Jews that live uh, or that are, you know run by uh, by the Muslims, like you know, like in Spain back in the day. The Christians, i.e. The, uh, the, the Gentiles, non-circumcised Gentiles, they believe in, the, in, in our Torah. They think they got, an, you know, a second part, but they believe in the, in the Lashem. They've got their own way that is lacking of interpreting it. If we teach them how to actually read the Torah in the right way, maybe they'll convince to come to our religion. Even if they don't want to, when they do want to, they could always do it, and it won't be a problem for us. They don't have a separate, they don't have a different girsa 
of the of the Torah um, share bit time. Now that's a little bit interesting because I think the Septuagint does actually differ in a few places. Um, but be that as it may, um, let's uh, let's just pause the screen share for a second uh, and think about that shuv of the Rambam. That shuv of the Rambam again only makes sense in the context that it's not a problem for these Christians to be learning Torah. It's only a problem if they're learning Torah in the context of making up their own religion. And so just like with converts, there is no problem teaching the Christians Torah, especially if there's going to be a benefit that they'll come to our religion. Um, and uh, that's a good thing, because again, if we love God, we're going to try and call people uh, into his service. However, the same would be true for the Muslims, except for the circumstances the Rambam found himself in, and he realized fairly quickly that that would be dangerous. Now, what do we get from all of this? We get a few things. Number one, we get that the Rambam, when faced with the Gemara, will codify the Gemara according to the literal uh, words found in the Gemara. He'll, he'll pluck those words and put them in. But he doesn't have a problem um, using a phrase like to basically reinterpret the simple meaning of the whole halacha. And he will do that based on what he understands the meaning, not just the simple words of the halacha is, but how, what, what meaning does the halacha have? What's the tum of the, of the halacha? How does the Rambam understand the principle of the, the halacha? And he'll write out the principle. And based on that principle, not based on the simple words of the Gemara, because you read the simple Gemara says they should, uh, you know, there's a problem for them to learn Torah. Even if you say they're not actually chayav mitai, even if you say they're not liable for the death penalty, where do we get off teaching Christians Torah? How can that be okay? It's prohibited. So the Rambam's understanding is clearly not like the simple interpretation, but a close reading reveals the tam, reveals the general principle of the halacha, and the Rambam has no problem applying the tam, or the tam of the halacha. He has no problem applying the principle and not the simple word. The other thing we see in the Rambam, like any good Cossack, is that he takes uh, circumstantial considerations into effect. It would be silly to read this to Shavav, the Rambam, and come along and say, ah, you see, there's a, there's no, uh, there's, there, there's a problem, no problem to teach Christians Torah, but there's a problem to teach Muslims Torah. Why? Because that was what the Rambam circumstances were when the Rambam wrote the Shavav, you know, over 800 years ago. Now the circumstances might be the same now, but that's definitely not necessarily so. And, um, and so it's two things we've got. We've got understanding the general principle of the halakha by reading the Gemara closely, applying it, and doing so with an acute uh, knowledge and sensitivity to the circumstance of the time. Now, I've bought two cute, uh, two very uh, sweet, um, uh, you know, uh, bits of Torah in here to kind of, uh, to, to emphasize that, you know, the famous uh, line that we see over and over again, taken, um, taken again, again, that little snippet from Kohelet, uh, the, the, the wise person has eyes in his head, meaning he sees what's going on, sees around, understands context, understands what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going on with the Rambam here. He sees the potential danger. Um, we won't get into the drush now because I want to leave time for questions. There's a uh, line in Parashat Hazinu, Ya'arof kamatali khi tizal katal imrati. And in general, this is used uh, to the, the matar, the Jew, is seen to be big, and the tal 
um, is, sorry, the matar is the rain seemed to be big and the tal as the Jew is seen to be, um, uh, seen to be uh, smaller, I believe. I can't remember, you have to check out the drush. But anyway, the point is that uh, Rabbi Yochanan in the Sifri in Devarim, sorry, Rabbi Yehuda in the Sifri in Devarim says, Lo adam kones um, in general, a person should always gather up his Torah into general principles. Because if he's always carrying around the little pratim, they're going to exhaust him. He won't know what to do. And he brings this example of the king who's got to go on a, a journey and he's got to take a lot of money. It's better for him to take it uh, in, in a high value, one piece. Uh, and then he can always, uh, you know, uh, split it up for, for lower value coins. It's easier to carry, a, a, you know, a hundred dollar bill than it is to carry the equivalent in um, in smaller currency. Now, the point there is just what I'm, what I'm saying, that the Rambam takes halachic principles, applies them, he's not uh, caught up in uh, the Pratim of the Lashon, and he does so with an awareness of, of, of the context. Um, but to bring it together to answer the question, According to the Rambam, the only problem to learn for a non-Jew to learn Torah is if it's in the context of them making up their own religion. That's why the next halakha, he goes on to talk about they can do other than Shabbat and Torah learning, um, which leads to that kind of thing. Uh, they can do their own mitzvot, uh, Shabbat specifically, perhaps because it's to do with us and Hashem. It's a Brit Baini. Uh, Right, it's a specific uh, covenant, Shabbat, and Torah, because if you learn Torah, you're going to start to make up your own uh, laws. But you want to do any other halacha, a non-Jew wants to do any other halacha, and they following the actual way we we codify the halacha, we don't stop them to do that. That's the next halacha, the Rambam brings. So that's the general, um, that's the law, um, despite what the Gemara might seem at first glance to present. And, um, you know, that's how uh, the Rambam Paskins as well. So, uh, I hope that's useful to some people, not only the practical, not the way the Rambam learns it, but also to see how, you know, the, the easy way also the Rambam just takes the principle, applies it to Lacha, considers the context, done. That's the Chiva. It's a nice, clean, straightforward way of uh, Pesach Lacha as well. Okay, thank you for listening. I'll look in the chat, see if there's, um, see if there's anything to say, and I will then take uh, live questions if anyone has any. Okay. Uh, how does Gemara Rambam understand one becomes B'nai Nach? Is it merely being a human that is not a Jew or via some affirmation of a court? Would this distinction change the discussion at all? So, um, so thank you, Nathanael. Um, anyone who's a, a B'nai Nach is any person uh, who, follow, who, who comes after Nach, um, but is not part of the Brit of, of Abraham and the Brit of, uh, which is Mila, and, and, and uh, not part of the Torah Moshe. Um, Avi Garson found the interesting uh, response of based on these words of Maimonides in the Sri Deish, it comes out from his words that the prohibition is only when the non-Jew does it for the sake of the mitzvah and tends to originate a religion, but not if he learns out of love and wisdom to recognize the Torah of Israel. Um, <clears throat> right, yes, correct. I think uh, that's actually exactly the point. Um, I would, uh, yeah, I would say just I, I mentioned earlier, the, the person that said to, to Sino, you sent to me, that the Torah is a universal, they should be allowed to learn it. Um, there obviously are universal elements in the Torah and, um, and if we're teaching them core universal elements to help humanity, um, you know, presumably, even if they didn't technically come under the seven mitzvah of Noach, 
they're definitely not a problem of they're going to take these things and make up their own religion. So then that would be okay as well. Any any live questions? We have a question from Nadav. Please. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Um, so basically what I'm taking away from what the Rambam is saying, um, you have particular groups, particularly here, particularly here in the United States that don't really fall into either category. They don't fall into the category of being Nutzrim and they don't fall into the category of being Ishmaelim or in our current parlance, Muslims. Um, and these particular groups tout themselves as Jews. They were Tfilim, many of them. They were Tzitzit and they consider themselves in many ways to be the real Jews. And so uh, my question to you is how would the Rambam understand or how would he uh, permit us to engage these particular groups who are, as we would call them, pseudo-Jews, not halachic Jews at all? Um, what do you think the interaction should be between us and them? So um, firstly, I really want to uh, emphasize, thank you for the question. I want to really emphasize that uh, Nostrum and Yishmaelim are not categories. They are, they are uh, not fundamental categories that we can apply. You know, you can teach Christians, can't teach Muslims. That's the Rambam Paskaning based on the specific context of his time. So the only rule is if they are making up a religion, that's a problem. Um, and uh, and there might be further ramifications to teaching uh, uh, to teaching people that might be damaging for Am Yisrael. That's what the Rambam hi highlighted with the Muslims. Um, and so I don't I'm not I'm not familiar with the particulars of of the case that you're speaking to. As you can hear from my voice, I'm I'm from here. I'm not from there. Um, so I I don't want to um, you know say too much. But what I will say is you know the principle is the principle when Am Yisrael have the ability to prevent um, people who are not Jewish, not part of the Brits, not part of the covenant, um, from making up their own religion, uh, that should be done. At the same time, we can see from the Chuvah of the Rambam and the general uh, thing I got from the Sefer Mitzvot, there's a general principle of bringing people uh, to God, and perhaps in these cases of bringing people to the Brit, uh, Brit uh, Am Yisrael, Torah Moshe, um, and, uh, you know, if, there, if there's a way to kind of, again, I don't know the circumstances, but if there's a way to kind of have that dialogue and talk it out and um, try and convince people, maybe, you know, a full halakhic conversion might be a good idea. Again, without any knowledge of the circumstances, that would also be in line with what we've seen in the Rambam. I have a question. Um, when we compared it to the, to the Derashah of Boiler Rusato, so the problem mm -hmm. is the differentiation is that in our Gemara and Sanhedrin, there, the Gemara entertains the idea very seriously. It says, okay, what's the Hazara? Why is it included in the seven? Uh, which are all very technical questions regarding how we actually put someone to death. So mm -hmm. why are we jumping and saying, oh, like, oh, this is not obvious. This is obviously not serious. And like, there are differences in terms of, of, of the, the Gemara. And also, at the end of the day, the Rambam does say makino to so it's not putting him to death, but we do whip him and hit him and then physically punish them. Well, I think that the the point I was making to, to deal with the start of your question is we know from elsewhere that the um, <clears throat> inheritance to betrothal uh, move is an altic remove. That's what I'm trying to point out from Pesachim. Once we know it's an altic remove. We know that it is not a, uh, we know that it's Melitza, 
and um, therefore that's going to uh, work. But, but this might, from there, you know, it's only because I mean, you could start anywhere in the Sokia. Um, you could start with the fact that this looks, you know, a bit strange from the outset um, to, to put someone to death from this. You could look for the fact that the drashot don't really seem to support any kind of death penalty. You could look from the fact that this is not a genuine case of theft in any uh, sense. And so I understand, but the point about, uh, the point about uh, Morasha and the Drasha Morasha is the strongest proof that it is not a, that it is not a quote unquote serious halachic drash. Um, and so the takeaway uh, for me there is why is the Gemara doing all of this? Well, I think that it's playing Rabbi Yochanan at his game, as it were, in order to bring out the elements of lanu v'lolahem. It's lanu in the sense that, um, that to take it is gezel. It's lanu in the sense that it is as if we are betrothed to Torah and they are violating that relationship. This is, uh, this is how I understand what the Gemara is going on. So the way I kind of would say it, or the way I presented it before, is that line of the Gemara is almost a setup. It's playing the game of Rabbi Yochanan saying, okay, it's Chayav Mita. Well, it's not Chayav Mita. We don't see it. There are Paskins under the Brunei Noach, but oh, by the way, they're put to death for this. Uh, but if you're saying it's Chayav Mita, it must be under the seven Noachide laws. Where is it? But this whole thing is just a game to, to expand the drush, the original drush, which is uh, which gives a you know a deep uh, position and, and and also by the way like I said Rabbi Yochanan's initial drush is not a drush about we saw we saw it in the Sifri it's not a drush about uh, about mita it's a it's a drush about lanu bishvilenu it's again it's something that we use to talk about our, the nature of our relationship with the Torah another element in all of this is that we are the ones who read the Torah you know, sort of read the Gemara so we're also gaining from seeing these drush about how we should be thinking about our relationship with Torah. But it seems very clear from me, from the Sivri, from the Artikri, from, from all of these things, as well as the common sense, which clearly motivated the, uh, which clearly motivated the question to the Rambam. Um, you know, what does it mean? How, how, how would anyone ever ask a question to a rabbi? You know, when Rabbi Yochanan said this, was he being serious? <laughs> like, obviously it's coming from a perspective that this is a little bit extreme. And once you start getting into the nitty gritty of the drush shot, it's, it's it's so clear that it's not a um, so clear that, that these are these are drush shot as, as agadic points, value points, and not serious halachic drush shot. And that explains why the Rambam basically gets rid of the whole halacha, the shutor, and just takes the tam and then applies the tam and then and then applies that going forward. And can't he also take the tam, for example, of which is okay, the value of you know whatever it is, the sensitivity for the amaretz, and then also say makinoto by the tamir vecham who is doresh in front of the amaretz. Oh, I, I've not looked into uh, whether the Rambam even paskins that. I don't. I, I haven't seen the sugyas. I'm just using it to bring the you know altikri ella point. Right. Um, as you're saying, like, why is there an onesh here? Yeah, the Rambam that's clearly. That's a good so, question. So, so he basically Why is there removes an onish it. Yeah, he removes it from a death penalty, but he still keeps it as an onish. That's a good point. That's a great question. Sorry, Hian. Okay. Uh, any other questions, comments, critiques? Okay. So I think uh, that's that. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for coming. Thank you so much, Chacham. Uh, that was very insightful. Um, and uh, stay tuned, everyone. Have a great night. Sign up for season two of the Chabura. <laughs>
All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.